Welcome to episode 27 of the Lovecraft Tapes, an actual play Call of Cthulhu 7th edition RPG podcast using Roll20.net. I am your keeper of arcane lore, Jeremy Boomstick Johnson. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian Johnson as Samantha Blaine. It's nice and warm in my car. Matt Zelish as Dan Williams. I swear to God, people keep putting boxes behind me when I'm not looking. And Gabe DeShenzo as Roy Arroyo. Investigating is the only thing I like better than church and a cigarette. In that order, right? Oh, church in the cigarette, he said. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he just stuffed Jesus in there. <laughs> yep. All right, how's everybody doing tonight? What are we eating and drinking? Um, I am drinking an Enjoy by my last one. I saved it for tonight. I'm drinking allergies because those are... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm drinking sparkling water tonight. I had some coffee, though. Early. Well, aren't you fancy pants? I need a lift, you know. I need to mainline that shit. I think you can download their app. What, coffee? A lift. Oh, I thought you were talking about hot coffee, the the mod for GTA. Yeah, you can do that, too. Well, before we continue along, we do need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for a new home? Something bigger for your growing family, perhaps? Well, Arkham Independent Realty can help. We are the oldest local real estate company established in 1690 and dedicated to serving Arkham residents, including Miskatonic students and faculty. Whether you're considering a small bungalow on the edge of town, in which to study forgotten tomes of mystical power, or an ancient witch house renowned for harboring portals to other dimensions, you'll find something to meet your needs in our frequently updated listings. Why, just this past Sunday, we threw an open house for a lovely turn-of-the-century inn fully furnished and move-in ready. The basement was riddled with warrens leading to catacombs beneath the city, providing easy access to nearby businesses. An enterprising artist photographer made an offer on the spot and will be closing within the week. Another successful sale. So remember, call Phyllis Gagney to set up an appointment and begin your next adventure with Arkham Independent Realty. And we're back. Well, it was all right. We need better sponsors. What, you didn't like the uh, gerbils? I thought that was a pretty good one. Prefer hamsters. The Gerbil Society of America. Gerbils, they're not allergic to duct tape anymore. We're going to take a quick look at a new segment that we've been doing for one episode called Cthulhu Rules. And tonight we're going to be talking about wounds. This is on page 119 to 120, which you guys do not have because you're lowly players. Not wombs. That's different. Roll for wombs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about taking some damage. There are two kinds of damage. Uh, One is called regular damage, and that's any time that less than half of your max hit points are reduced in a single attack. Let's say, uh, how many hit points do you have, uh, Dan? 13. So less than half would be six. So if you took less than six uh, points of damage, someone shot you and grazed your arm or whatever, then that's just called regular damage. And you could be reduced down to zero hit points and simply be unconscious. You cannot slip past zero, and you do not automatically die. Now, that doesn't preclude someone coming up with a shovel or an axe and smashing you on the head after you're unconscious, but if someone were to shoot you and leave you in the alley to bleed out, and it was just a regular damage, not uh, anything more than that, you wouldn't necessarily die. The next type of damage is called a major wound, and of course, that is equal to or more than half of your max 
hit points in a single attack. Where is that in relation to Sergeant Wound and Colonel Wound? Major would be under that, wouldn't it? Mm. Definitely under Colonel. Well, I've seen Definitely it under both Colonel. ways. Yeah, maybe under Sergeant <laughs> as well. So it's one above Private Wound. Oh. So if you're ever dealt a Major Wound, you'll see on your character sheets that there should be a little box that you check to indicate that you have taken a major wound. If this is ticked and you have taken a major wound, then you immediately fall prone unless first aid is administered to you. When you are reduced to zero, you will die. Whoa. So in this case, you could bleed out. If someone did give you a a nice shot to the head in the alley and left you to bleed out, and it was a major wound, then of course... Uh, that would uh, result in death. That could only happen in an alley? Uh, Only in an alley, yep. (laughs) Right, it's weird rules. (laughs) Stay away from alleys, guys. If you're on some far-flung planet where everything is a trapezoidal uh, creature coming at you with no uh, logical angles, then uh, no, you wouldn't wouldn't die. Ever. What is an illogical angle? I just, I just want to, I just want to. Well, just read a little bit of Lovecraft and mm-hmm. you might know. There's an illogical angle. He's saying you suck and are uncommitted. In addition to uh, all of that fun stuff where you tick the major wound box and fall prone, you do need to roll con roll to avoid becoming unconscious. Keep that in mind as we go forward if you take uh, massive damage. Is this some sort of foreshadowing? I know. <laughs> no, I'm just putting it out there. It's, it's almost five shadowing. <laughs> Uh, this is just to sort of brush up on rules, no, not necessarily in relation to uh, what's actually going to happen tonight. Especially to you, Sam. Exactly, <laughs> I mean- <laughs> especially to you. You particularly, Sam. It, obviously, if uh, any single attack exceeds your max hit points, you are immediately dead. So 13 hit points, creature from beyond bites your head off. Uh, yeah, you're dead. That would happen. Any questions about that, Cthulhu rules? No, that's, that makes sense. Uh, next time we'll probably talk about healing uh, in, a, in a major way. So yeah, don't talk episode. about healing now when we're going into it where we're all going to die. I only want you to die. <laughs> we'll yep, learn about exactly. that later. <laughs> Paper cuts. <laughs> I bled to death. I'm at zero unconscious. Who put this in this pool of lemon juice? <laughs> Hey, if life gives you lemons. The salty lemon juice. <laughs> salty lemon Ooh. juice. Ooh. Battery acid. What? Uh, our next segment is called Letters from Beyond, and this is basically just to let everyone know how they can get in touch with us. So if you would like to get in touch with us for any reason, uh, Twitter is probably the best way. Uh, you can uh, contact me at, at Lovecraft Tapes. Also at lovecrafttapes.com, there are some other links to social media. And so we encourage you to just get, reach out, ask us any questions about the adventure, or our characters, provide some feedback if you've got some. And of course, give me some advice how I should be treating these folks. If there's any little tricks that uh, the investigators need to uh, encounter, maybe we'll incorporate them into the plot. So we really encourage you to do that. I did want to give a couple shout outs here on our Facebook page. Benjamin D reached out to us and let us know that he preferred our show to other real play podcasts. Oh, nice. So that, that was very nice. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Benjamin Thanks a lot. D. On Twitter, user at EWMC Elfreshmy, he declared that Deaf Dan is the best Dan. <laughs> what? What? I tend to agree with that. So. <laughs> That was good. Also on Twitter, I'd like to give special thanks to at DM underscore Modoc for being our most loyal and vocal listener. So we really appreciate that. Let's get on with episode 27. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. 
Roy freaks out after witnessing the supernaturally animated photo of the mysterious tome, My Life. But Dan keeps his cool and gets some advice from Evie, the head librarian at Arkham Library. While Googling the book's title, the investigators uncover a mention of it online, within disturbing entries from the blog of Emily Shoemaker. Samantha calls a car service to take her back home after dinner, but not before getting advice from Caitlin to ask Chris about which estate sale gave them the strange book. Overnight, Roy experiences nightmares about my life. He shakes it off and goes screen door shopping with Bugsy before meeting up with the others. Dan shares the blog with Samantha where they discover the name of George Portman, a possible previous owner of the tome. They split up to investigate further. Samantha goes to the bookstore where Chris divulges the book was acquired in an estate sale run by Phyllis Gagney at Arkham Independent Realty. At the police station, Roy and Dan bump into Caitlin bailing her husband out of jail. Dan spends many hours digging through old police files for any mention of George or Stuart Portman while Roy heads to the Arkham Public Library where he happens upon an old newspaper article about Stuart Portman being acquitted of rape. And now we'll continue. Roy, just as you finish reading the strange account of Stuart Portman's 1933 acquittal of rape and are preparing to search for George Portman, an old gnarled hand clamps on your shoulder. Oh, damn. You need a manicure. What's happening? I don't want to turn around. Who are you? And you hear a voice, a very familiar voice behind you, even as the gnarled old hand on your shoulder reminds you of the dream you had last night. Petunia? And then you hear Petunia. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hey, buddy. Thanks for hey, Roy, down. Imagine running into you here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I invited you like four times, but I guess I don't really have your number, so I was just kind of guessing. But thanks for coming down. <laughs> well, no problem. I'm, I'm usually here on Sundays uh, looking at old issues of uh, Sunset Living. Check this out. Check, check, check this out. It's rape charges. What? Oh, Stuart Portman. Why is that name ringing a bell? Because, you know, Portman's. Yeah. You know. They've been around town for a long time. That's what I'm saying. I wonder... Yeah, didn't he have some sort of son was in trouble? Oh, yeah. Murderer, etc. We've been looking into Davies. Remember we were asking about him. Oh, yeah. uh, Ryan, yeah. Mm -hmm. I can trust you. I know this. So I'm going to tell you. We got this book... And I'm pretty sure this is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. It's called My Life. Hmm. Never heard of it. I know. Neither had we, but it's been giving me nightmares. It's been opening by itself. It's been altering pictures into videos. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I probably have to get back to my magazines now. Uh, it was really good to bump into you. Good to see you too, man. We should get dinner sometime. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I'll call, I'll call you. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. All See right. You, man. Well, good, 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 good luck. You're gonna love my friend Bugsy if you happen to meet him. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll trust you. I'll, I'll see your friend Bugsy, and he makes air quotes, and then he, he backs off hurriedly, kind of looking uh, worriedly over his shoulder. Bye, Petunia. <laughs> Floats out of the room. <laughs> Excuse me, Miss. Petunia mentions a son that got in trouble and that sort of jogs your memory that you know there was a mention of george portman uh on the blog as well 
Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do some more research on him. So what I'm gonna need from you at this point is a series of library use rolls. And we have six articles. Uh, six rolls is what I need from you. And uh, let's do them slowly so that I can divulge each as you either fail or succeed. So go ahead and do the first one. I needed a 60 and I got a 2. Holy cow. You should give them all to me now. Extreme! So I'm going to share a particular handout with you. Roy, you get to read this, of course. I know you love to do that, so... Although the first English settlers in Arkham arrived on the Mayflower over 350 years ago, our good city continues to beckon newcomers from the mother country to our shores. Such a newcomer is George Portman, who arrived here last month. Mr. Portman, originally from Bradford, England, has transferred his residence to Arkham's Portman House on West Pickman Street. The residence once the home of the influential Arkhamite Stuart Portman, sat abandoned for many years until he was recently rediscovered by Mr. George Portman as a part of his inheritance. I've been to the United States several times in the past, mostly on business, and find it pace suits me. I look forward to fixing up my great-uncle's old place and making it my home. Welcome to Arkham and America, Mr. Portman. Go ahead and take a roll for your second one. I needed a 60, and I got a 20. So, Roy, you're kicking ass here. Who's the best at library use? The killer is. And this is quite a long one, so I'll go ahead and read this one for you, if you don't mind. This is dated approximately a year after the previous article that you found. It's called Local Home, a Museum of Literary Treasures. Local homeowner George Portman, who inherited his granduncle's estate a year ago, is discovering a hoard of literary treasures in his West Pickman Street home. My great-uncle Stuart collected rare and wonderful books from all around the world, declares current resident George Portman. I've been fixing up the house for almost a year now, and the books left behind by my great-uncle are remarkable treasures. Portman pulled two books from a nearby shelf as evidence. See this? A first edition Washington Irving. And this, a child's prayer book bound in deerskin. It was printed by the firm of Barker in London in 1618 and likely came over on the Mayflower. These two treasures are but a few acquired by the late Stuart Portman, whose book collection became one of the finest private libraries on the North Shore. George Portman has taken it upon himself to organize and assess his ancestors' literary trove. Despite all these wonderful published works, declares Portman, my favorite book is this. Portman holds up a large bound book with the words, My Life, etched in silver on its cover. No, it's not Mein Kampf, jokes Portman. In fact, it's my great-uncle's diary. I've just discovered it and look forward to reading it. When asked what he'll do with all the other fine books in his home, Portman remains undecided. I'd like to read a few of them, of course. Perhaps someday I'll donate them to the local library or university. No doubt Mr. Portman's words will stir interest at both Arkham Public Library and at Miskatonic's Orne Library. In the meantime, we hope... Mr. Portman enjoys his great-uncle's diary and the continued refurbishment of his West Pickman Street home. And I'm hitting you with a library use. Hit me, baby. I need a 60 and I got a 22. Holy crap, you are on a friggin' roll. So this will be handout number 10, and Matt, why don't you read this puppy? Love puppies. Shocking news today of a weekend rape and murder at Miskatonic University undergraduate Rhonda Jackman, a junior at university, was found in the early morning hours on Sunday at the home of Arkham resident George Portman. Jackman had been found drugged with ketamine hydrochloride, a popular date rape drug, and was pronounced dead of asphyxiation 
radiation at the Miskatonic University Medical Center. Medical examination revealed that she had been subjected to repeated sexual assault while under the influence of the date rape drug. Arkham resident George Portman of 299 West Pickman Street has been arrested, charged with sexual assault and murder. It is a very sad, disturbing event, reports Arkham Chief of Police Andrew Reagan. We're pretty confident we've got this assailant, but we wish we could have prevented this from happening. Miskatonic University President Jane Harrington states, We take a very protective interest in the well-being of our student body. For something like this to happen is just terrible. No young person should ever be subject to such treatment. Our sincerest condolences go out to all the friends, family, and schoolmates of Rhonda. President Harrington says that grief counselors will be on hand throughout the upcoming weeks to help students and others cope with this tragic ordeal. Uh, so this particular handout, Roy, is dated approximately six months after the previous one. Man, I'm noticing a pattern. We got like six months to worry about this case. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, slap you with another one. I got I need a 60. I got a four. All right, Brian, you get this one. What? Why did I need an extreme rule then? I don't know. You're awesome, though. No one is ever allowed to use the library but Roy. <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh, entitled Portman Pleads Insanity in Murder Trial. Accused rapist and murderer George Portman is set to enter an insanity plea this week at Salem District Court, claiming that the spirit of a deceased relative motivated him to commit rape and murder. Readers will recall that Portman allegedly kidnapped, drug raped, and murdered Miskatonic University undergraduate Rhonda Jackman eight months ago. Rhonda Jack Links. I'm trying to keep up with all this stuff in the wiki. I know. Like, uh, Good luck. I think I have most of it. At this point. Let me know if I missed anything. Guys. Go ahead and do the next one. We have uh, three more. Ah, oh, that one failed. I'm so useless now. Go ahead and give me another one. Another two fails. I feel useless now. I wish I would have started with the two fails. Push the roll. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you rolled a 62 and you needed a 60. You could use your luck. You could use two points of luck if you wanted to. Yeah, you could burn two luck points. That lowers your luck permanently. Is Matt allowed to roll for them? He is going to be ro rolling for these as well. But my library use is 20. I'll use two luck, I guess. Okay, go ahead and mark on your character sheet. Just uh, reduce that by two. Lucky, lucky, lucky. And we'll go ahead and give this out back to you so you can read it. So this will be handout 13. And uh, you're not quite sure when this is dated. Not a lot of handouts here. If I'm burning luck, I better know when it was dated. <laughs> Do any of these have dates on them? I'm trying to see. The original rape charges on Stuart Portman were from November 13th, 1933 is when he was acquitted. Okay, cool. All right, going to go ahead and give you the next one here. And this one is entitled, Portman Sentenced to Life Without Parole. Judge Kathleen Arkambault, today sentenced convicted rapist and murderer George Portman of Arkham to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Portman's attorneys promised to appeal Portman's case. Portman is to be transferred to MCI Cedar Junction Penitentiary in Walpole, Massachusetts. And then there are uh, several further articles detailing failed appeals by Portman attorneys, and as the legal proceedings bled away, Portman's sizable financial portfolio. The final article in the Arkham Advertiser lists an estate sale at 299 West Pickman Street, Arkham. And then I will need one final roll from you, Roy. Oh, that is a success, so you get the final article. So essentially there was one article that you did not unearth. You better get it, boy. My library use is 20. If you think I'm getting jack out of this, you are severely going to be disappointed. If you're going to have six rolls, I think you can manage one. And Brian, you can read this one. 
Thanks. It's 72 pages. I'm kidding. All right. It's very <laughs> short. And the title of this is Estate Sale Today at 299 West Pickman Street in Arkham. That's the information I need. Books, furnishings, quality, home electronics, and more tomorrow. Only 299 West Pickman Street, Arkham, 10 a.m. to 4. All items will be sold at pennies on the dollar. I want whoever did that to do commercials for us. <laughs> Who did that? That was pretty good. <laughs> ah, I have no idea. So, Roy, that is all of the articles that you find. Let me know what your next course of action is before we switch over to the other two. I will go home. I will shoot Dan a text seeing what he's doing and make plans to meet up whenever he finishes. Sounds like a plan. All right, let's go ahead and go to Samantha. Yes, I'm down Samantha. Here. Back at home, you make preparations for dinner. Dan won't be home for a few hours yet, but you want to surprise him with a roast chicken, carrots, and turnips soaking up the fat from the bottom of the pan. Oh, I was going to order pizza. Can we just do the pizza? Yeah, I thought Samantha doesn't cook. Oh, I don't, but just wait. That's why it's a surprise. (laughs) You cut up the vegetables. The knife on the cutting board goes thump, thump, thump. Crunch. Oh, there goes my finger. (laughs) When you pause for a moment, the thump, thump, thump continues the sound is coming from somewhere else in the house possibly the study is it the phone no there's some homeless dude jacking off the broken earlier <laughs> don't stop i'm almost there i love carrots <laughs> mm, let us turn up and pee can you say oh. soak up the fat again Roy has to die this is the perfect entrance okay i am going to investigate with the knife in hand Oh, okay. So tell me what you do. Investigate with a knife in hand. (laughs) Where did I hear it come from? Possibly the study. Okay. I am going to walk up to the study, assuming the door is closed. It's actually partially open. Could we say it's a jar? It is a jar. No, it's not. It's a door. door. Is it a screen door? Who's on first? Yes. Yeah, the door. (laughs) All right. I'm going to step up to the door and put my ear towards the opening and listen quietly. Holding my breath. You hear thump, 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 thump. slowly going at it. It's not the beastie voice. (laughs) I'm going to push the door open quickly and turn on the light if it's not already on. As soon as you push on the door, the thumping stops. In mid-thump. You flip on the light, and the first thing that you see is the book. Dancing. Standing upright on the desk, and in the same glance... You can see that the safe is still closed. What the fudge crackers? I'm going to grab the handle to the study door and pull it shut as fast as I can, grab my shit, and get outside. Okay, as soon as you close the door, you hear thump. Yeah, I'm not listening. (laughs) Thump. Danny, it's not the time. I'm going to grab my purse and still clutching the knife, I'm going to go out, get my car. And call Dan as I'm pulling out of the driveway. Okay. All right. Let's switch over to Dan. Dan, you shiver in the dusty, cool confines of the police basement as you flip through thick manila folders, searching for any mention of the name Portman. Please roll library use once. (laughs) (laughs) And please, please Um, win it. Please win it. Wasn't it I got... I think it was, wasn't a plus one for spending the the maximum amount of time I could down there. It was going to be computer use right. or law were the two, both of which I believe okay. were five for you. Um, and, and as such, I was going to give you a plus one for each hour as a bonus. But I think with your li- if you want to use library use instead, 
you have a 20, so I don't think I should give you any more bonus for that. Okay. You should let him roll six times. I think for the purpose of the story, I think one roll will be sufficient. Okay. That's what you get for thinking. So I spent, what, five? When I say five hours down there? Five hours, yep. Okay, so it'd either be 10 for a law, or I can just do 20 for computer. Yeah, I think 10 for I'd stick with a 20 would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I needed a 20. I rolled a 41. Spend the luck! Just for the sake of consistency that uh, you probably did find at least a couple of the ones that Roy did. So, you know, th- there'll be some duplication of information there. So what would you like to do, Dan, after your five hours starts to wind down and your your search has been kind of fruitless? It didn't take me five hours to find the same <laughs> things that you found. Shut up. I was a soldier in the war. You know, libraries weren't very abundant in the deserts of Iraq. Surprisingly. Surprise, mother... Uh, if I did find anything useful, I'm going to... Uh, photocopy it, grab an empty manila envelope, stick everything I might have found in there, bundle it up, put it in my bag, and uh, climb the stairs back up to the main floor of the police department and get ready to depart. All right, so you go over to a really old, dusty photocopier that's in the basement and uh, make, like, three copies of things that you found. It's a ditto machine. Just hand this to an old woman. Can you copy this for me? Thanks. Pick it up, Phyllis. I have places to be. As you uh, make these copies, you're quite aware of the light streaming out from underneath the uh, copy machine cover because it is pretty dim down here in the stacks. And uh, you collect your couple copies and and put the boxes back and uh, stuff your manila folder with the uh, materials that you found. You hear a scuttling sound somewhere. Who let the seagulls in? Sound, sound, sound. (laughs) Can I pinpoint where the sound is coming from? Like, is it... You have a laser? (laughs) Pew. I'm sorry, that takes library use. Oh. (laughs) Roll for laser. Why don't you go ahead and give me a roll? Just roll a D100, please. A D1, okay. Uh Uh-huh. 27. So you look up at the where you think the scuttling is coming from uh, towards some stacks off to your right. It's a couple rows of more boxes and manila folders, old cold case files. And that particular aisle appears to be even less lit than the rest of the basement. AF. (laughs) I'm going to take a hot second just to quickly walk down the aisle, just a couple of steps to see if I can can tell if I'm getting closer to the noise. So you take a couple steps into the dimly lit aisle, and you think you see a shadow sort of scuttle at the far end against where the wall is, where the aisle ends, uh, let's say about 30 feet down, you see something, looks like a shadow scuttling away to the right, close to the floor. I'm going to pull out my phone, turn on the flashlight function, and uh, start walking down the aisle saying, hey, is uh, any, anyone else down here? Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll? Oh, I heard this. I thought it was sanity. <laughs> I needed a 48 and I rolled a 41. Then you do absolutely notice that your phone is dead. It has no cell signal, but it can be used for light. He spotted his phone? Well, he was only turning it on for the light, right. so he didn't necessarily look to see if he actually had cell service. Oh, okay. But I gave it to him since he got a, he got a spot hidden roll. Okay. So I'm going to um, 
keep heading down that aisle towards where I, I saw the shadow. You walk down towards the end of the row and reach the end of the row. The scuttling sound has stopped. You better fight for your right to party, man. <laughs> I'm going to quickly let you look off to the left and look off to the right. Um, make sure there's nothing that stands out at the moment. Nothing odd. Okay, go ahead and give me a D100 roll, please. Oh, again, with the D100s. Mm-hmm. Uh, 54. Okay. You look left and right and see no shadow and you do not hear any kind of scuttling sounds anymore. Pause for a second. That, that I'm seeing things. I've been down here way too long, and I'm going to tuck my phone away and turn back around and start heading for the stairs back up to the main floor. So you put your phone away, turn back around to walk back up the dimly lit aisle, and as you get maybe two or three steps, you hear a familiar sound coming at the far end where the copy machine is, and it sounds like somebody making copies. Quickly head back down the aisle and spin to try and see if I can catch someone at the copier. So you go to the end of the aisle, and there's a little clearing right there with some low desks where where you were looking through the manila folders, and the dusty mimeograph machine was sitting there. And just as you reach the end of the aisle, you see the light dim in the copy machine and there's no one standing in the area i'm gonna go up and check the the tray to see if there's anything that has been copied if there's anything sitting in the tray there is there is one page that is face down i'm going to pick it up and read it okay you pick it up flip it up towards you and you can see quite clearly that it is a photocopy of the front of the my life book uh i want to quickly crumple it into a ball and then just kind of chuck it as far away from me as I can get down one of the aisles. You do so, and you hear it hit the ground off in the darkness, and then you hear a scuttling sound, and you can quite clearly hear the crumpled up ball being batted around on the floor. Got a hermit crab infestation. (laughs) (laughs) Under the sea! Damn hermit crabs! Not again! Under the sea! I'm just going to uh, ignore that noise, and I'm going to just head back up to the, the top, or back up to the first floor, I guess. All right, go ahead and roll me a D100. Your life is over. Now it's my life. 53. So you start striding back towards the uh, staircase, and uh, you turn the corner to go up, and there are, is no stairs there. Just a book. That's, that's my life, and it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> it just appears to be the end of a stack. You must have gotten turned around. Okay, I'm going to uh, go turn back around and try and find my way back to the copier, because I know I can trace my way to the steps from that copy machine. Uh, you do hear the scuttling noise off to your right, keeping pace with you as you walk back towards the copy machine. If anyone is out there, this really isn't funny. I swear to God, Ashton Kutcher, if you're going to jump out and tell me I've been punked, I'm going to punch you. Why don't you go ahead and roll me a D100? That's to see if you land your punch on Ashton Kutcher. (laughs) 88. So you arrive back at the copy machine, and the lights start flickering above. Santa? (laughs) Damn dyslexia. Satan? (laughs) Bugsy must be having the weekly square dancing class upstairs. I'm there. (laughs) You're at Bugsy's square dancing class? With his screen door. You gotta learn. (laughs) Girls won't like you if you don't know how to square dance. So now I have to tell someone they have a hermit crab infestation and that I need new light bulbs for the basement. Take a second, get my bearings, point myself towards where I know the stairs are, and start walking in that direction because there has to be a way out of here. You take a few steps and 
the scuttling appears to be right behind you. I'm going to stop for a second and then rapidly spin around and swing my foot out to try and kick anything that may be walking behind me. You spin around and there is nothing in behind you. The lights start flickering violently above you. Earthquake? Just as you look up towards the lights and expect them to blow out, you feel someone breathing on the back of your neck. Once again, I'm going to hand out, spin back around and just try and hit anyone who may be trying to creep behind me. It was the Badabook. <laughs> Babadook. Baba. You spin around and narrowly Bugsy ducks and says, Oh, oh, Dad, what are you doing? Oh, whoa, uh, sorry, sorry, man. Um, I guess I've, I've been down here for too long. Things are starting to get to me. You might have some sort of uh, an infestation down here. I've been hearing scuttling and scurry noises, just so you know. What are you talking about? We got the rat catcher coming around uh, once a month. Well, I, I think you might have missed someone last time he was here. Also, you might want to call an electrician. The lights down here seem to be really prone to violent flickering. And as soon as you say that, they stabilize and become nice and bright. And he looks up, he's like, uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe you'd spend a little bit too much time down here, Danny. Yeah, probably. Um, Are you about done? Yeah, it's just yeah, about I'm, dinner time. I'm, I'm done for the night. Well, come on up when you're ready. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to follow you up. I'm, I'm done here. And I'm going to walk behind him just to make sure that I don't lose the staircase again yep you very easily find it where you knew it always was and you follow him up and as soon as you get to the top of the stairs your phone vibrates a couple times and you see you have a text from roy and a voicemail from sam i'd ask her what the voicemail is but um... oh dan you're so handsome a text from roy uh which presumably says that we should meet up when we get some time even if it's not today because i know we all got things going on so that's the text more or less the gist of it that you see from roy and the voicemail from sam is kind of broken up but but she sounds like she's disturbed about something and she's kind of panicky. Cooking's really hard for her, man. <laughs> and uh, you can just make out some words because it sounds like there's a lot of static words about book, thump, safe, car, knife. And those are the words that you can make out. Knowing that she sounds like she's maybe in trouble, I'm going to hop on my motorcycle and squeal off towards Blaine Manor. Meanwhile... Actually, before I hop off and send off, I want to reply, uh, send another text to Roy saying, we should meet up for for lunch tomorrow at the manor and we can go over everything we found. So, Dan, you hop on your motorbike, send uh, Roy a quick message to meet up tomorrow for lunch, and you race home. So I'm going to swing up into the driveway of the house, drop the kickstand, hop off, and then run towards the front door. Where is Sam heading at this point? I was heading towards the bookstore. We'll say that at the same time that Dan arrives at Blaine Manor, <laughs> Samantha arrives at Bankrupt Books, which is just closing up because it's getting close to five. It's actually a little after five at this point. On a Sunday after your five o'clock. Right, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. sense. So Chris is actually locking up as, as okay. you pull up. I'm going to flag Chris down. Hi, Mrs. Blaine. Or Miss Blaine, sorry. Samantha's perfectly fine. Just call Sam- me Samantha. Samantha, Samantha. Um, hey, do you have time to get a cup of coffee? Um, s- some stuff has been going on. I really don't want to be alone right now. Actually, yeah, I just, I'm just locking up now. So, okay. yeah, sure. Let me try calling Dan one more time um, just to let him know where I'm at, okay? Yeah. And then while you finish locking up, I'll meet you out front? Yeah, I'm, that's fine. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to try calling Dan again. All right, why don't you go ahead and give me a luck roll, Samantha. I needed a 55. I got a 91. I dropped my phone in a toilet on the side of the street. 
Where did that toilet come from? <laughs> you dial Dan's number, but it appears to be busy, and it goes straight to voicemail. I leave him another voicemail. Danny, I'm going to get a cup of coffee with Chris from the bookstore. Call me as soon as you get this. Dan, you arrive at Blaine Manor and see no sign of her car. I'm going to pull out my phone and try and call her. It's the first thing we do, really. And uh, so you get her voicemail. Sam, it's me. I'm I'm back at the house. I, I, I didn't catch much of your voicemail, but it sounded like you were panicked. So I, I sped home as quickly as I could. Uh, I, I don't see you here and your phone went straight to voicemail. So if you get this, uh, either shoot me a text message where you are or try and call me again. Uh, I'll be waiting. I'll be here. All right, Dan, what do you do now? And of course, both of those phone calls lasted long enough that the voicemail pop-up thing didn't happen for them, right? We may have to do another spot hidden here in a minute. But meanwhile, I want to take care of Dan. Uh, I'm going to walk into the house. The first thing you notice is that it appears to be kind of hot. And you notice immediately, because you are the cook of the family, that clearly Sam has left the oven preheating. I'm going to uh, jog into the kitchen and turn the oven off before it burns the house down. You do so, and then you guys have a pretty nice uh, oven. And she only had it preheating to like 400 degrees, so it yeah. wasn't too bad. But Not 750. But it's it's been going for a while, so it is very hot in the kitchen. Uh, I'm going to also open a couple of windows just to see if I can get some, some cool air in here. You do? Very good. I remembered that she said something about book, so I'm going to head over to the study and see if if she was talking about that book. Uh, The first thing you notice is that the door to the study is firmly closed, which is kind of unusual. Usually you leave it open just like a jar. I thought it was a door. No, he said you leave it open like a jar. But I close all my jars. Like all the food that goes bad in the refrigerator because you leave it open. Like a jar. Grab the doorknob, click it open, and walk in and flip the lights on. The light is on, which is another odd thing. Wasting electricity. Uh, we have LED bulbs. And, and you walk in, and uh, everything appears to be in order. It's just that she left the light on. Walk over and open the safe just to make sure that the book is, is still there. You enter the combination of the safe. Two, three, four, five. And open it up, and sure enough, the book is there. But there's something odd about the book. It's a photocopy. It is face down, and you're pretty dang sure that you left it face up. Face down, ass up. <laughs> That's the way we like to read our books. I'm going to close the safe and relock it. Okay, and as you do so, and flip the latch to close the safe securely, you start to hear a thump, thump, thump behind you. It's the homeless guy jacking off in our house. <laughs> Slowly turn around and see what's making the noise. Samantha. No. You and Chris retire to a coffee shop. Live happily ever after. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll? He did a 76. I got a 62. Uh, you see that uh, you've received a voicemail. Excuse me real quick, Chris. Listen to it. And it's obviously Dan. Uh, he tells you that he's at the house and he wants you to call him as soon as possible. Chris, can you excuse me for just one minute? Dan finally got back to me with a voicemail. I'm going to call him real quick and let him know where I'm at and have him meet us if he can. Sure, that's no problem. Thanks, Chris. More the merrier. All right, I'm going to just step outside of the um, diner real quick and... You could dial your phone, but I don't know why you're standing there making these weird noises. People walk by and there's just this girl on the side of the street going... So it rings a couple times and then uh, picks up and you hear thump, 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 thump. And that's where we're going to call this episode. Son of a bitch. Was he calling me a chump? Chump. Yes. Chump. 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 It's the shark from Jaws. Chomp.
So uh, that is going to do it for this episode. How'd you guys like that? It was good. It's getting really good. I love this. I agree. I concur. Mm -hmm. I love how we can't get away from it. That's cool. Honey, we're going to Bermuda. We can't get away from it. Okay, so let's go ahead and launch into our next segment, Recommendos for this week. I'm going to go ahead and start us off this time. Oh. Selfish. Shellfish. Hermit crabs. That's my recommendo. I have a hermit crab drone. It drops hermit crabs on people. Haha, take that annoying neighbor who lets his dog poop in my yard. So my recommendation for this week is a... Do you know what it is? No. Movie. It's a horror movie. You're right. What? I am recommending something called The Knights of Terror. But you might recognize it if you were alive in the 80s and saw VHS covers. Burial Ground. This is a 1981 Italian Splatterfest zombie flick uh, directed by Andrea Bianchi and starring a whole bunch of people from Italy who I have no idea who they are. And this is a hilarious, so bad it's good, disgusting zombie flick, which is so poorly made, poorly written, poorly acted, terrible special effects that you just can't help but laugh. They rip off everything from uh, Lucio Fulci's uh, zombie to, God, just pretty much everything. <laughs> and even though this is 1981, it's it, it almost precludes a lot of the other zombie flicks. But of course, they're, you know, they're Dawn of the Dead, all that stuff. George Romero zombie stuff which is too much fun it's it's got kind of like a leaden pace it makes absolutely no sense there's this professor who accidentally unearths some ancient thing that's buried into a tomb and then he removes it and then suddenly all these etruscan zombies are alive and kicking for some reason they're wearing a standard boris karloff frankenstein's monster mask which has been just tricked out a little bit with some gore you alternately laugh and moan with disgust it really kind of stupid some of the the effects aren't just aren't very good there's one great scene where a lady gets caught in a bear trap brian and i made a movie where his bear <laughs> trap looked way better than this yeah. thing so conversely there are some up close gore scenes where people are being disemboweled and and the zombies are chomping on their guts it runs the gamut and there is one incredibly disgusting scene at the end where a zombie child played by a little person of some sort chews off uh, mom's boob Oh my god. It is really shocking, shocking, shocking. Those Italians. You just ruined the whole story of the movie. Trust me, th this movie cannot be ruined any more than it already is. For the uh, the 1980s uh, nostalgic schlock factor, I, I do highly recommend The Knights of Terror, a.k.a. Burial Ground. No longer the knights who say, boo. Alright, Brian, how about you? I am going to recommend the new Mystery Science Theater 3000. I have binged the entire series already. That is 13 movies <laughs> and I'm pretty damn impressed. I'm a purist. I love the original Mystery Science Theaters. I watched them religiously. I've watched them several times over the years. Um, the guys who transfer from there over to Rift Tracks, I watch every live show I can from them and everything they release. They worked pretty damn close with Rift Track guys. They're all working together, which I think makes it extremely successful. And the new host and the robot's new voices aren't exact but their humor is right on. So very pleased. Um, I found myself mocking them at work the other day and realizing that it's already implanted on me. So highly recommend if you haven't uh, checked it out already on Netflix, Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Return, I believe it's called. Awesome. Matt, how about you? 
Well, if you if you gave people a horror movie to watch, guess what I'm going to give people this week? An indie game. This week, I'm going to recommend a game called Factorio. It is a, uh, a 2D game about building a factory in order to get yourself in a rocket into space. And it may sound really simple, but the, the game is centered around a really great core mechanic of building your factory and with that unlocking more complicated machines which allow you to rearrange your factory and it's a huge tech tree and there's a lot of of like optimization involved in trying new things to try and find you know the most efficient or the fastest way to get things done in order to climb this tree to to reach your ultimate goal of launching a rocket into space nice gaby how about you buddy what's my favorite thing in the world it's wrestling And that's what I'm going to make some recommendations on. It's called Lucha Underground. The whole premise of it is it's a fighting ring in Mexico that's underground, hidden from the cops. And they fight in, like, this temple. They all have, like, powers that they can use backstage. And it's really campy and over the top. But then the wrestling ability is off the charts. It's a lot more like acrobats than wrestling with all the flips and stuff. And then it's really violent sometimes. But one of the main reasons I'm recommending it recently is one of the first wrestling shows in history that has gotten a deal with Netflix like in seasons and it just got put up recently it's called Lucha Underground watch it all even if you don't like wrestling but you like campy stuff you'll love the stories and even if you skip the matches the stories are worth it for that self but the matches are also really great and it's just a company that I've supported since their first show and it, it's a lot of fun sweet okay we'll check that out all right well that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes thank you for listening Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us to get up in the ranks, and we like to get it up. Zip. (laughs) Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our social media, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our wiki. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anyone feels like Googling old house weird thumping noise please let me know what the results are on twitter at the real weird kid and if you want to see retweets from jeremy you can find me at the lovecraft gabe you can also find that at at uh, at brian podcast but if you want to ask me anything about mystery science theater we could maybe have an info battle all right well until next time thump 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 roll for sanity the lovecraft tapes is copyright 2017 for more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. <laughs>